0: Welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast who are proud to be sponsored by The Insurance Practice. The team at The Insurance Practice specialise in family protection and life insurance and who better to look after you and your loved ones than fellow Rangers fans. Listeners of The Gallant View will get a free protection review so get in touch with the team at www.theinsurancepractice.co.uk or contact The Gallant View for more information. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Sean Duff and I'll be your host today as we discuss Rangers 2-1 win over Aberdeen. How that leaves us in the league for the rest of the season, as well as the theory that poor form doesn't ruin a season but a trip to Dubai will. Joining me today is Ian McCready. How are you doing, Ian? Afternoon, all uh, and Graham Curry. How are you, Dream? Alfredo Tiamo <laughs> <laughs> and making a return after a wee week's holiday yourself, Scott Hodge. I hope you weren't in Dubai.
1: No, no, definitely not. No, I just too hungover after the old firm there, so it's <laughs> okay. So, yeah, awesome. we well, let you off. Well it's been a long week with a midweek game, probably
0: the first in a, a good while. I'm sure the team Gerard and the coaching team would have loved to have been able to take a wee step back and get back to working with the players day in, day out. Scott, what was your thoughts on what you've seen today? Do you think you the players look a bit, looked a bit rested?
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think you could put it down to having a week off and, and no midweek game. I think um, we, we played well at times. I thought we controlled the game well um, until they we, until they get back into. It. I'm sure we'll discuss it more, but I don't think it had much as an impact as I thought it would have. I think with a week's break, I thought we'd have seen more like we, we set pieces and more of you know corners been mucked on and things like that. But I, that's what I was expecting to see today, but I didn't see as much as that as I would have. I don't think, I mean, obviously, Gerald said before the press conference we did a few days off, but, I mean, yes, they did look fresh and hungry, but there was a couple of things that I think we could have done a bit better on, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah. So Rangers lined up with
0: Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Conor Goulton, Liam Balligan, and Borna Barisich as a back five. Steve Davis, Glenn Camara, and Joe Rebo in the midfield three. And up front, Ken, Hadji, and Morelos. No real surprises there as Ruth Arfield and Ryan Jack all still unavailable. What I thought was really weird, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard mentioned that Jones and Edmondson were both... Uh, injured and unavailable for selection. That's like me saying I'm, I won't be getting halfway Margot Robbie because she's known to come to this week. But <laughs> anyway, Ian, it was, a, it was a very busy first half and it actually got after, off got after to quite a flyer. Um, I thought, from a neutral point of view, it was a decent game. First 10-15 minutes, there was a lot going on. Morelos put a shot wide. I thought Aberdeen were getting us problems, Ian, and Ken had a really decent chance. What was your thoughts how the first 20 minutes went? Any concerns?
2: We wee bit. I, th- I felt we, we let them have a, a really good chance with Cosgrove, was it? And it was just a bit too end-to-end to end for Malik, and a, you want to see us get on the ball and dominate. I, I just felt like we didn't control the game at all, like early enough. Like we, like just before the penalty and the sending off, we... We had started to take control of the game, like you say, about the twentieth minute or so. We, it was, it was becoming more us. I felt the Morelos one within the first couple of minutes. I felt we should have done a lot better with that. And I say it caused Dovelets us off a wee bit by just being rubbish. So it was, it was a wee bit two end to end for my liking, like for us to kind of take control and, and, and dictate the game rather than that end to end style.
0: Graham, I think if we look at how we set up in Europe, and even even the first half of the season when we were going to difficult away games like Aberdeen and Celtic, Rangers Rangers have found a way to so- soaking up pressure. But the, today and last week. Aberdeen Celtic when we with two players up up top and sp- especially the first 20 minutes of the day, I thought that causes a lot of... They, they look to be on the back foot. Is this maybe something that we've no really experienced too much and the players are just having to adapt to when against two strikers? It was something that McInnes... I was listening to his pre-match
3: interview and it was something that he did mention. He was making a point of that he was going to have... or It was, it was his intention to get playing in our half because generally speaking... We control the games, as we've just said there. But it was a conscious decision by McInnes. So it might actually have been a gamble because if we could have got in behind them, and we did have opportunities, maybe not, you can kind of maybe put the first minute one, the do down to that. But in the first 20 minutes, they were playing in our half and we were playing in their half. So it was obviously a conscious decision by McInnes and they wanted to do that. Um, and it just took us the 20 minutes to sus it and then control the game in a more, a more, a, a kind of European fashion that you mentioned there. Like so I control the game, get the possession, make sure we've got the possession and we control the tempo. And that, I don't think we need to be concerned about that. I mean, they didn't cause us too many chances. The one that Ian mentioned it was Cosgrove and, um, it was the boy Wright that had done I, I, the boy Wright had, had put it into Cosgrove and Cosgrove scuffed it wide but other than that there wasn't too many things to be concerned about um, we had were shots some Target we had Hadji who just hurt over the bar and they didn't him, dip that him, uh, shot yeah I wasn't too concerned about it I think it would just need to accept that you know if they are going to come out and play like that that's fine because it will leave gaps at the back which we will
0: exploit I think around the 20 minute mark was when you did see rangers get a foothold on the on the game i know you mentioned the haji chance there but scott that was i think the first the first real like golden opportunity for Rangers of the game came in 23 minutes ryan kent i think <laughs> the ball ryan kent's opportunity but i think the ball starts with that's what plays a good ball in the bar who manages to feed the ball and Kent. can Clever footwork for Kent and he gets the past always, but um old creator face Johnny Hayes is there, right place, right time. Uh, I thought Kent had a really good game of day.
1: Aye, Kent was good and I think in terms of the opportunity, the first thing I thought was Kent couldn't have done anything more. He delayed the shot going. He sort of dropped the shoulder, do you know what I mean? Like he gave himself as much time as possible to put the, put it in the right place, but to be honest, there was I think there was two people to be on the line there wasn't much he could do, but he was he was taking people on. And in terms of that chance you're talking about there, he was he, he was so unlucky because he done everything right. He held the ball held the ball up really well. At the end of the day it was a really good good block in the line. But obviously he got his um he got his assists. Later on, but he um, was it was terrific today, and I thought maybe that rest out of the team just gives him that bit of extra spark. You know, he was he was taken out against St Mirren, He's obviously played against Celtic, but maybe just that you know a bit of rest. He's had a full week, and then the game against St. he's had off. Maybe that's helped him he'll, he'll be a bit more productive as well.
0: Yeah, hopefully, um, I if he can get to assess every game, then I'm sure that'll that will do his wonders. But so as much as Rangers were starting to come into the game, the game did really take a bit of a turn in 25 minutes. Brother Beaten, uh, he unleashed his orange whistle and declared the words we all love to hear: "Penalty to Rangers." Yep, there's one for the Masons. So this was actually some great play, Ian, for the build-up to this penalty. It's Morales gets the ball at the edge of the box, and it's a it's a one-two way areibo. And Morelos running in. It's. I think Morelos. He doesn't shoot straight away, but he leaves enough time that. See that way the the goalkeeper doesn't know it come or not, and I think Lewis eventually does come. But by the time he gets anywhere near him, Ryan Hedges is tip Morelos. I think it was accidental, but it's a goal scoring opportunity. Plus, that, that he has not <laughs> a red card for me. So, Ian. Gives your, gives your
2: thoughts on that. Yeah, I, n- nice little build-up That's that's got Morelos in to get him to spring the defence. Hey, he's, he's in behind everybody. And he does what, what most strikers will do at that point is he, he tries to kind of come across the defender who's chasing back and see it all the time. Like, I mean, Tav got booked for it later in the game, didn't he, when Hayes runs across him. If, you, if you're in front of your defender and you make that move across them, a lot of the time the defender's not meaning to fill you, but just your your legs as you're running come back and tangle with his mean that he's going to bring you down and you're always going to get the fill and I think the rule is if he's not making an, an attempt to play the ball it's a red card so yeah for me definite penalty and going by the rules it's a red card I think it's a bit harsh on the red card as I said we, I don't think he means it either like he's he's just Morelos has come across him that wee bit and he's just tangle her legs and
1: Morelos goes down I completely agree and I think I um... think See, if you, I know we're going to come to it, but the main challenge, If you you know, I'm more infuriated that that one's a red card than that one is, to be honest with you. I actually feel a bit of sympathy for him, because I almost feel as though he's trying to get in the way of him to try and make a challenge, and he's, in doing that, he's brought Morelos down, and whether Morelos has maybe went a bit easy to go down or not, could he have stayed in his feet? I, 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 regardless, it's still a red card I'm sending off, but I really feel it was... I, feel, I actually felt a bit sorry for Hedges but by the letter of law as you see and it's a red card and um, a penalty and I'm, I'm sure Graham as the expert referee you, you'll agree with that as well
2: So just as you say there somebody actually, I can't remember who mentioned it but on the, the post-match says if he actually makes a tackle if he tries to make a tackle even though he's, he's not going to be anywhere near the ball he wouldn't have been sent off it's because he's made an attempt to make a tackle it would be a yellow so Edwin mean bit better just kind of throwing his leg towards the ball. Is that right, Graham? It's towards the ball.
3: If he'd made an attempt to play the ball, I think the one thing of the law is um, that's when it that's when it would have been a yellow card. But he's not made an attempt to play the ball. I don't have any sympathy for him. Um, I, I I think that that's a dangerous thing to do. If you start then applying some sort of Emotion towards it Then it becomes Not what the referees Are there to do The referees are there To apply the laws of the game The law of the game is That he has to be sent off So I have no sympathy For him getting sent off Because otherwise What you can then do Is you can start to Manipulate that You can start to try And trip people up By an accident You know You can make it look Like an accident By cutting across People's heels So
0: No I said Definite penalty Definite red card And
3: no sympathy for him
0: And this is my Maria. My Alfredo Morelos bias coming in again but I don't actually think he goes down that that easily. I think it's just it, it looks maybe a bit easy the way he's went down when it slowed down in the replays but if you look at the speed he was running he, he was quite quick off the mark and that slightest like touch, he actually puts his left leg onto his right leg um, so I, I don't think he, he intentionally went down, I think it was a genuine trip St- Sticking with you Graham Scott mentioned about the Curtis Main challenge uh towards the, the end of the half, which I'm sure everybody listening was infuriated about. Talk us through that and how the fuck he got away with a yeah. Well I think the the way that he's got away with it is because
3: the referee's so far away from it. The linesman's not helped him. I think probably the linesman could have made a better decision and I, I think this comes down to referee the John Beaton today he doesn't he. he's not got an authoritative sort of presence and that goes for the one for Tav's yellow card as well Tav got yellow carded when I think he was just trying to assess the situation and what was going on going about him, now it is a yellow card Tav is a, that is a yellow card because he's breaking up a promising attack but I think Beaton just sort of went with the flow and thought right I better book him rather than Realising it was a yellow card and, and booking him And that then moved on to the main challenge Which was cowardly Horrible challenge It was a dangerous play Studs Studs are facing him Over the ball He's either going to go hit his knee I think he actually tried to hit him three times Maybe that's just the, the slow-mo of it But he's went to hit his knee And then he's hit his ankle And then he's went for his other leg It's a straight leg challenge And it's a red card all day long but the only reason I only see that it being a yellow card is because Beaton is so far away, getting no support from his linesmen, and he's just seen that there's been a big fuss. Because if he's given him a yellow card, he must have seen something. You know, he must have seen such... So what is it that he's seen that he thinks warrants a yellow card? And if, which I don't think he has. I think he's just went with the... He's been caught up in the emotion of it, and he's just... Um, He's realised he's had to do something, so he shout out doing a red card and
1: gave my yellow. As a referee and expert, Graham, do you think, Jink, that the fact that he sent somebody else off before that had any influence in that as well? You know, you can only ask him. I've, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you I, I
3: really just think he was too far away from it. He was yeah. too far away from it. He's not getting authoritative and authoritative manner about him. And that should be a. A decision, I mean, all these decisions you shouldn't be taking anything into consideration with what's happened before. It just should be that's a red card challenge, and you should be issuing a red card. Simple as that. It's a horrible challenge, and it should be doing it to nine men. It doesn't matter if you're going to then ruin a game or put, you're perceived to ruin a game. It's a red card decision. And as I said about the penalty, it's about
0: applying the laws of the game. That's what he's there to do. So. We'll jump back 10-15 uh, we'll minutes to the actual penalty incident, Ian. And as we jump back to that, a lot of Rangers' dads up and down the country will jump back to last season shouting, fuck's sake, Tav. <laughs> Hopefully, James Tav in Steps up. And sends, a keep, sends Joel Lewis the, the wrong way, but puts it wide to the post. Um, he's rolled 9 out of 9. Was he due to this
2: one? Well, he's he's... he's- his plan for this season is to stop 10 in a row, isn't it? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I just think he did not want 10 in a row. <laughs> uh, um. I could, do you know what? A 90% strike rate of penalties is good going, regardless of who you are. So, yeah, let's hope it's a, a wee blip and he doesn't have the same kind of he had what three last season or something didn't he, or, two and one that was close to being a miss. So let's hope that it's just a wee one off and you know, I wouldn't be I'd definitely be sticking with him. No no thoughts of changing the penalty taker again. As as he was uh, he's been uh, perfect until now, so I a one off blip just like the St game for me.
3: It was his run up that frustrated me. The wee two step run up. I hate to see it. I hate to see um, penalty takers doing that. You always think, just take a longer run-up. Because it then gives you the opportunity to see what way the goalkeeper's going to go. That goalkeeper made an, a, an early decision. And he could have just rolled it into the bottom right-hand corner rather than... Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to criticise when he's got such a successful penalty straight, uh, strike there.
0: I, I think uh, I don't think there's too much cause for concern right now. Uh, didn't he impact the game too much and nine out of tens not bad. Uh, I think going forward, he has to at least get it in target. I think if you're going to miss a penalty, you need to make a the keeper work. But I'm sure he'll be listening and he'll take down into training. He's got another he's got another three so James, yeah, uh, step up, pal. So the goal finally comes, Scott, thirty two minutes in. Uh, I thought this was some great play for the midfield and the attack. Ball goes out to Tavenier on the right-hand side who, who cuts it uh, cuts it past his man, uh, gets to the edge of the box and he plays it back to Kent who's just at the edge of the 18-yard line. Kent has a, a lovely pass to Morelos who takes a great touch passes his defender and puts it by Joe Lewis, 1-0 Rangers. This was a, a really well-worked goal Will do wonders for Maryella's confidence.
1: Eh? Yeah, good, good, good work on that. Even um, even like before that, and before the standing off, I thought we were really in control of the game. If the if the red card hadn't have came, I'm, I'm still sure we would have came on and dominated the game and got the goal. I think uh, the the red card just made it a bit easier for us. But it was uh, it was a it was a great goal. Good 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 link up play. Um, as I said earlier, Kent was outstanding, and it was a really nice finish from Morelos. And we've not really seen him do that finish. I feel as though some of his goals this season have been, you know, he's in the last man. But this one, he had to like cut it by people, and um, it was it was a really good goal. And I was Morelos, as you say, he was man of the match today. It was he was in fire, and, uh, arguably the best that we've we've seen from him this season. Ian, what I really
0: liked about the build-up to this, there was a lot of a passing between the midfielders and the attackers kind of along the 18-yard line. Kind of what you see when 10 men are behind the ball against the Ibrox. But the difference here was the off-the-ball running. I thought, I thought we were dragging Aberdeen left, right and centre. And Hadji, who had a bit of a mixed game, he some of the runs he was making as well, Um just before we move on to the second half, how do you think Hashe done today?
2: Yeah, I thought he had a, a decent game. He's obviously he's, he's kind of one of these players that's in and out the game, but I felt I felt he played all right. It was unlucky to get benched against Celtic because he, he's been playing well recently, and I I don't think that dropped off today. <laughs> I don't really to say that. I don't remember him doing. He had that one shot, didn't he? And I suppose he's he's also. He made a good run for the Kent, one that was off the line. Yeah, I, I definitely feel he's having an, an impact on the games uh, when he's playing now. I think it was maybe at the start of the season, he wasn't having any kind of impact when he was playing. Although, although he did score goals and assists. It's a weird one he, he like, when you think about it. You look at him and you go, oh, he's not doing much. And then you look back at it and you go, well, he's scoring goals and assists. And I'm just totally contradicting myself. Uh, <laughs> but it just feels like he's not doing a lot at times. And then, like I said, I started as like saying that he hadn't done much. And then he's like, oh, the shot. And then he's helped with the goal. And then he's got the wee step over for the Mireles' second goal. And when you actually think back about it and look at it, he's actually done quite a lot. <laughs> And it's until you maybe properly analyse it and start actually thinking about it, it maybe goes a wee bit unnoticed. And as I say, like right now, I'm, I was, I'm kind of contradicting myself by saying he's not, he's not done much, and then just pointing out all these things he's done. Uh, I, I thought he had an excellent game today. Actually, I one one eighty. That was enough. <laughs> just, just as I say, you just start thinking all the things he's actually done and all all the things he's contributed to the game, and he yeah he's he was excellent. <laughs> well, do you agree with Ian McCready's bipolar summary? Have- <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. No, he did play well today. I thought he was in
3: about um, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, one of the things I noticed—I don't know if anybody else picked up on it—in the thirteenth minute. This is something never ever ever happens. Stephen Davis gave the ball away. Do you see it? He, he, <laughs> done a, he, he done a duffy, I think it's known as where well, he actually seen a he's seen a white
1: shot in Row K and he kicked it into the stands. I think, I think it's known, it known as a duffy. Did he not do that for the the goal as well? Perhaps he was a wee bit guilty of losing the ball. over? Yeah, maybe. Another one just as well with we, on the
3: goal itself, um, it was good to see Tav he just turned Hayes inside out Hayes, Hayes went in his arse so easily just with a wee simple drag back and he went in his arse it was funny to see I thought the pitch was a bit um, suspect There's quite a lot of people slipping um, I've seen Kent was um, slipping a few times as well in the first half and as well I think we got caught out with a long ball at one point as well and I don't know if it was the surface can got caught underneath it and I don't know if it was the surface that Put him, under, put him under a bit of pressure or whatever because it, yeah, he was a wee bit uneasy on his feet and it, it caught us up. But apart from that, it was a really good first half for
0: us. So, Graham, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, half time comes and goes. There is a bit of an announcement in Sky Sports News, which we will come to later on, but it doesn't take Rangers long to get the second goal again. This ball kind of this goal comes from out um, in the right hand side the Cerebo on the right wing at this point and he plays a lovely ball in the rank Kent. Eh? And this is this is just the speed of thought is excellent here and the ability to pull off. It's a clever back heel to Alfredo Morelos who fires it past Joel Lewis 2-0. Um this was a such a well worked goal. Well worked from the whole team.
3: This was built up and built up. I've not looked at it back yet, but I'd like to be able to count the passes. It was unbelievable amount of possession we had. And it was slow. It was patient, patient, patient build up until we went to Tav, who Tav then made a, a really quick, um, one-touch, firm, crisp pass at to Eribo, And that's what sort of generated the, the change in pace to allow that to happen. You're absolutely right. a so ball into area from Aribo, and the layoff is really intelligent because he does. He's no looking. It's a no look pass, but he just has got the awareness that that's where Aribo is. Uh, that that's where Maria Wallace is, and it's a, a nice turn and finish. A little bit of deflection on it. it that deflection actually helps the keeper because if it, there was no deflection, it would have been going straight into the bottom right hand corner. But yeah, a really good finish. It just reminded me of um, Rod Wallace's goal against. Dortmund, nineteen ninety nine. Just in terms of the no, in terms of the actual finish itself, but the build up, the actual play that was just getting built up at the back, passing it to midfield, laid off, and it was just, it, it was just a well well worked goal, um, and it was just great timing as well. It's just exactly when he did five
0: minutes into the into the second half. Scott, this is at the start of the season. I think the vast majority of us seen Morelos and Kane as a kind of marquee players. If they both a stayed at Rangers, I know there was interest on um, for both of them in August, and B if they could continue the form. Fair to say that neither of them have really maintained the form they
1: expected them, but is this maybe a turning point for them? Could be, could be. I don't think. Uh, if, I I think in terms of both of them, if if you were to say both of them have been poor, then you would you be you be being harsh on them. Kent, Kent started brilliantly. Okay, maybe we've not seen the Morelos the last season, but as we've all discussed, we've seen them in different ways. So it could be a turning point. It could be maybe it's a a winter break, which is uh, which benefits some some players, you know. Uh, but no, I've I've got absolutely no worries about them. Uh, the, the thing I said to you earlier, though, was. Ismirel is just looking for a transfer and he's uh, try <laughs> trying to get a couple of goals because he he, he played absolutely brilliant today, but not but like, regardless of that, they're both playing really well and let's hope that maybe as a, a run of so many games has caught up in them and you know they've got a full week now and hopefully the coaching staff will be a bit sensible with them. They'll give them tomorrow off and you know they'll be, be a lot fresher for the next game against Motherwell. I'm, I'm more resigned to the theory that Morello's only
0: schools for six months of the year and he was just waiting to, to start fresh in January. That's uh, what I'm going with. Ian, <laughs> uh, so we made it, I think, fair to say we made it hard for ourselves. Aberdeen get a go back. So the ball breaks for Aberdeen and I can't remember what player it was, but he's trying to run at the pace, and Conor Golson manages to get to him quite quickly. But he kind of stops at the last minute and gives him space instead of tackling. Uh, and the boy plays, the boy plays Matty Kennedy in, who's miles away. He's the wrong side of Tavernier, and he's one and one with
2: McGregor. This is, uh, I just kind of a calamity of errors
0: for this. Move.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, from watching this, I think this is where Ryan Jack and his positional sense come as we were missing. Uh, because if you, if you see it back, when the ball comes through and you see Matty Kennedy's run, both uh, Joe Aribo and Tava are well up the park. So Matty Kennedy's pretty much got the full left-hand wing all to himself. So if Ryan Jack's in there, I think Ryan Jack covers that a lot better than Arebo does. And I think that's it's it's more that goal comes from, Aribo being a more forward-thinking player than Ryan Jack is, and I think like we've mentioned it a few times recently about the crosses coming through wide, and I really do think now it's been shown up a bit more that how much work that Ryan Jack actually does and how much we're actually missing them.
1: I think because I'm going to come in you Ian, as well again because you're quite a big advocate of four-two-three-one, but. You know, when you think about that as well, like, I think we'd be even more vulnerable in times like that as well, wasn't it? It's very good when we're, we're winning, but, like, you've seen how we can see it today. Imagine if a four-two-three-one and we had a re not Not that I maybe maybe thing that a Rebo would play as the two in a four-two-three-one, but it's sort of, I mean, if, you know, if I'm Stephen Gerrard talking to you, you'd be like, well, if you want me to go 2-3-1, to and then it's, how can you play that when we're doing that?
2: Well, I think, as you say, it's it's, it's different players and the positions. If it's two three, one, you'd have it would probably be Davis and Kamara sitting a bit deeper, rather than just. So what we've got now is we seem to have Kamara sits deeper than Arebo, and Davis sits the deepest of the three. So it's kind of almost like a a tick. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's like. Davis sits deep, Kamara's on the left but further forward, and Naribo's on the right but further forward again. Whereas when Ryan Jack plays, it's a V. So it's it's much more balanced when he plays, and if it's if it's the two that are playing, it's just a, a a straight across, isn't it? So I I do you know what? It's it's until today, I didn't think we were missing Ryan Jack that much. And I think that goal when you just see how much freedom Kennedy has on the left, just absolutely highlights how much we're missing.
0: Just for the listeners' benefit there, we do these, we record these on Skype video call and you should have seen Ian there, to so describe that. <laughs> it was like he took a, a dodgy pill at the GBX. It was fantastic. <laughs> Graham, so it was a after this goal, it was a very scrappy game. And even before this goal, Rangers were, it looks as if you're kind of taking a foot off the gas. Uh, I've, heard, I've seen some people say that sometimes Rangers will drop to the level in front of them, especially when they're ahead. But I think we've seen it in St Mirren as well, when we got put the League Cup. Is that maybe what's happened? to we dropped to the level? of we just been complacent? Or was it a case of Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Aberdeen done well to get in the game?
3: I didn't think we were complacent, and I didn't. Um, I didn't have any concerns. But then I seen the post match interview by Stephen Gerrard, and he is saying that we had dropped the levels and we were complacent. So I'm not going to argue with the manager. So, I, but as I was watching it, no, I I didn't think we were too bad. To be honest, I thought we still had control of the game. I I still thought we we weren't allowing them much possession, and when we did, we were wrestling it back off them pretty quickly there was the the free kick that we gave away that they took quickly that Hayes had a shot at and McGregor had a save, at, a really good save to make can't think of too much else Ferguson got forward a few times actually skin, um, Zungu, which was a really nice wee a nice wee turn that he done but other than that I didn't have any I didn't have any concerns as the game was going on I was following it on Twitter as well and people were getting nervy but I, I didn't feel the nerves today at all it was
0: actually quite comfortable So, full time comes and goes, 2-1 Rangers Rangers win the game Scott, this leaves us 22 points in front of Celtic at the moment Also you're talking the call on it's Sunday night Celtic uh, have their postponed game against Hibs tomorrow they've got four games in hands, but Right now if you you that told me this, so I'm glad I'm gonna take your word for it. We only need eleven games to win the league mathematically. This is a, a great position to be in and I don't think at this point, even though we haven't been a forward best, I'm not I'm not wanting us to reinvent the wheel or change anything for Motherwell next week.
1: No, no, definitely. Full full strength team, it's not a chance to, to risk and play people to develop them as harsh as that sounds. You know, we, we took a risk with Bassey at St that it didn't work, to be brutally honest. Um he's been great up to then, but like we need to start we need to keep playing a full strength squad. We need to get these eleven games, you know, out of the way, tick them off, and then we can we can try and bring these people in. Like you you see what's happened you know, just down the road with Celtic, they've got somebody that needs to self isolate now with coronavirus. Like you, the, the point I wanted to make as well. You've seen every single Rangers player doing an interview today and they had a mask on. I mean, I don't know if that was a message about you know what's happened, but you know that shows we are serious about it. And we don't want we don't want to take any more chances. We've already had a warning with Jones and Edmondson. You know, so we just need to. Focus on the next games that comes full strength, and you know we should we should be fine, and we should we should see fifty five effectively. And as we've said time and
0: time again, it is all about what we do. If we win eleven games, then we we win the league. But on the other side of the city, and um, if they can continue to just like self-employed, that that's a, a bonus and <laughs> a bargain. This was a fucking insane decision for them to go to Dubai, even if it was okayed by the the SPFL or not. It was so dist- distasteful, and I, I wonder what player will be that's out, but with this, um, you see the. I'm only going to mention it briefly because there's been a lot of, of talk on it on, on Twitter and social media for both sets of fans, but the, the usual media puppets are starting to come out of the and void the season. It's the only fair way, but these are the same guys that you know what and null and void would be an atrocity last year what's your, what's your thoughts on the kind of um, the politics that's
2: going on now well they set the precedent last year for the league being decided early so you can't turn around in next season and go oh or no, we're going to null and void it so in my opinion if they, they went with points per game last season it's got to be points per game again this season it was a daft decision to go away wasn't it like a global pandemic, and I know Dubai's been pretty safe, and they've got some of the strictest um, kind of setups in terms of like protecting people there. But you see some of the pictures, and they're just like all kicking about by the pool. Like, how is that social distancing or it, to take that risk when you know, like now, what, what happens? We don't know. Like, it's not actually came out what's going to happen with a one player testing positive. Because if it's one player that's been away in Dubai. I'm pretty sure he's had contact with every player that's been there and every staff member. So, will they be having to self isolate? And, you know, will the, the decision to go away come back and absolutely bite them in the arse? I hope so. But um, to be honest, I don't really care. Let's win our 11 games and win the league. Taking the,
3: the football out of it, I think it's really offensive. I think it was a horrible thing to do. I think Aberdeen players get criticised roundly at the beginning of the season. Um, everyone knew, knew the rules. Everyone knew Everyone knew how... Maybe maybe the Aberdeen players can get a little bit of leeway, but everyone knew at that point that you shouldn't be in bars. You shouldn't be isolating with people, and they still chose to do it, and they get so heavily criticised, and rightly so. But let's take the football out of it. To actually go and do that, when the whole country's in the state it's in, is really, really offensive. There's people that are really struggling, really, really struggling in this country. And for them to then see their idols by the pool having drinks, yeah, I, I find it hard to put into words just how offensive I found that. It really was a, a terrible decision that they have. They decided to do it. And they can back it up by saying the Joint Response Group um, gave it the OK and it was discussed by the SPFL and it was discussed with the SFA. It was the wrong thing to do. That was that was um, sanctioned in November and there were tighter, tighter guidelines brought in in December that everyone had to follow. The whole country's having to follow them and they should not be immune to it. I don't, they should not be allowed to flaunt it. And it's, it's, it's actually just flaunting it in our faces. That was the thing that really, really frustrates us. I'd love to have a beer with my pal. I'd love to do it. It's not possible. I'd love to go and visit my ma. I'm not allowed to do it. It's just grossly, grossly offensive.
0: Well, you're in, Graham. It is I, it's just irresponsible. and Even if we get the... Like, mo- well, I don't want to move away for, like how offensive it is to... Like people up and down the country, but it's just fucking stupid for the for the Celtic board. Surely they knew nothing good to come with that. And hopefully, this signals uh, like the start of the like the continuous stupid decisions uh, that they will come and make. Similar to how, like, how we were run the last eight years. You know, like AGMs and gazebos and stuff. Hopefully, that's just goes from joke to joke for them and we keep on the up. So, last few bits of news to cover for the last week. Scott, the Kai Kennedy saga came to an end and he's finally signed a contract extension until 2023. As part of this deal, he'll go on loan to Race Rovers immediately after spending the first half of the season at Inverness Caledonian Thistle. So, I think there's no doubt that we all rate Kai Kennedy as a player. It's good to see him out playing first team football. This for me, I, I think this is a chance for him to get out the the kind of front pages of the papers if well, no quite front pages. You know he's not a fucking A lister. But like to get out the papers for the politics and he can hopefully start like creating news with on field antics.
1: Definitely. No, I I I think it's been it's been hard for him because he's he's had a bit of criticism, whether that's deserved or not, it, who knows but um, I always remember back to the, the press conference that Gerard done, I think it was uh, when we done that French tournament where he really called him out it? he wants people who wants to be there and I must say, if if, if, if he was calling out Kai Kennedy for that fair play to him he's, he, he's pulled his socks up he's went up on loan to Inverness, not many as would Pack to go to Inverness and loan, like you're, you're away from your your friends, your family, and and everything. He's from all aspects. Seems to have done all right. He's he's got a contract negotiation as well. So you know, I'd say, I say actually, I actually like how he has been around and now he signed a contract. I think every time the papers see Kai Kennedy, they put Borussia Dortmund, Man City, Barcelona. And with who he's linked with. Like, let's forget all about that. you you've not played a first okay, you've played one first team game, one or two first team games, but let's forget all that. You're you're not you're not you've not made it yet. You need to work hard to get into this Rangers team and I really like his attitude now. He's signed a contract and now the hard work begins. Can he be a first team player in the next one or two years? Really like it. I think it was telling as well in the statement that we released on the website
3: where it was Ross Wilson who was saying he acknowledges he's been listening to bad advice. So it was it was no there was no sugar coating of this um contract extension. They were acknowledging the fact that Kennedy hasn't been um maybe living up to the standards of a ranger. So they've actually acknowledged it and they've said, um, I'll just read it out, Kai, with the support of his family, acknowledged he had listened to wrong advice and Stephen and I admired his reflection, humility and maturity. So maybe it is just a, you know, maybe it needed that. It needed him to, as Scott was saying there, to, for the manager to have called that out at that French tournament to say, we don't accept this. This is not the standards we expect and he's learned from it, and he's been rewarded accordingly. Because that's where we, w- we want to see him, you know, eventually coming into the Rangers team, because we all recognise how good a player he is, or the
0: potential he has. another player who, is, who was out on loan and going elsewhere is Josh McPake. He spent the first first half of the season on loan to Greenock Morton, and he's now away to Haggagate. So two questions for you.
2: Who the fuck are Harrogate and why is Josh McPake away there? <laughs> Harrogate are an English football team, that's as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know too much about them. I know like after you see it, you obviously have that wee quick uh, wee quick look at them, see where they are in the league and stuff. I think they're mid-table in league two. Hopefully it means he'll play it every week. I think this is an important loan for him, because if this is his third or fourth loan. And I don't think he's had a big impact like we'd hope. And we've seen it before. Kelly had the impact at L last year last year. Uh Robbie McCrory at Livingston. We, we need to see McPake have that kind of impact this time, I think. Um if he's going if, if he's a player we're going to expect to see in the first time a first team at some point. I think Kennedy's also had a good impact at Inverness. I don't know why why he, he wouldn't stick with Inverness. I don't know what the deal
3: is there. He wants to actually say this for personal reasons. Because of the whole COVID situation, he wants to be closer to his family. That was the reason given.
2: Fair enough. But yeah, McPay, I, I I want him to make an impact this time. I think if we're expecting these players to come through and make it into the first team at any point, they should be able to make an impact at League Two in England.
0: I find that's been a problem with Josh mcpae 's holding so far. So there is. There is a big expectation from Rangers to Josh McPate because uh, the way he's developed for the youth academies and how he's performed at under nineteen and at the Colts level, but he's not done it for Dundee or Morton. He's, he's done slightly better for Morton this year, but he's not been a standout like they expect him. So I think you may be right. This is a chance for him to go and stand out at first team level because
2: it's. I did see a picture of him, and he's got big. Like he's he looks so much bigger. Like he's really bulked out. Maybe that's what all he needed, just time to fill out as well. And like, hopefully, as I say, it it, it helps him make an impact.
0: So the last bit of news: Scott Rangers were drawn against Cove Rangers in the Scottish Cup. That these ties will be played the last weekend in January. Cove Rangers have. Done really well so far this season. It looks as if they're in with a decent chance to get promotion for League One. Also, put out uh, Alwa in the see in the in the round before. Paul Hartley's a manager. That's about all and off of them. It shouldn't be an issue for us, surely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. No. After um, well, be honest, it's a it's a chance to to rest a few players and you know give give the likes of. Similar to the Falkirk game, if we, we should treat it in the exact same standards, you know, like we've got Defoe, who's not played in weeks, Atten's um, not had a running games, and Patterson, we're waiting on this game to give him. Like the last game we gave him was in Europa League, so I was really actually very happy. It's a, it's a home tie as well, so really happy with that, and um, you know we can. We can rotate the squad effectively, and we can see the likes of you know people mentioned in Zunga. So yeah, it's a it's a good time one to get over Paul Hartley. The muscle. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so before we finish up for this week,
0: um, my favourite part of the show, Twitter part of the week, I listened back to last week's report, recording after some feedback, and sorry, I I didn't do that tweet justice last week. So apologies to all the listeners. Yeah, I just didn't read it out properly. I sounded as if I was drowning in my own saliva. Um, I'll trying to a bit better this week. So, the funniest thing I've seen this week, boys, um, after the the fallout of the old firm, there's a page on Twitter Celtic analytics. Uh, I, I think, here yeah, the tagline is Celtic and on, and basically it was just off on every Rangers fan a swear go, and it was off on they go and meet them in George Square or down at the Marnock Bridge, and <laughs> like dozens and dozens of Rangers fans were just taking the piss out of him to the point that on the Monday this guy actually went down to Delmarnock Bridge in the snow expecting people to be there and he's put up pictures of the Delmarnock Bridge and in the background his fist just saying come on like it was oh, it's a (laughs) grown man it's a grown man walking down first where it goes and then putting pictures up his fist fucking idiot yeah that's the funniest thing I've seen the, the whole thread Graham, what do you have for this, this week? There was a tweet that actually came out today, um, during the game and it was just after the red card.
3: And uh, it was a uh, Brian Glow, Brian underscore glow saying, Celtic fans are saying the Aberdeen player should never have been sent off as I was covering it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what do you have for this? Yeah, so mine came out today as well, and it was during the game, and it was that like, Celtic fans must be cheering Rangers on here. I mean, this should keep them in second spot and on course for a Champions League spot. So <laughs> we're doing them a favour here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least,
1: Scott, what would you have? So I've, uh, it's a bit of an old school one, but uh, the... Rangers had Yanis uh, Hadji out on the on the spot, so you can send in your questions to them. So we had a few belters coming from that. I always enjoy them. And then it said, um, "If I ever catch you riding my wife, would you like sugar in your tea?" Just, <laughs> just the old, the old classic. And then. Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, if a male fan was to ask for a kiss, would you accept the offer, do so, um, Really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I may go and work and see if uh, I had you reply to it. <laughs> um, but that is us for this week. Thank you for listening. Please get in touch, let us know what you think. Um, good, bad, and different happy if you tell We talk shit every week but just let us know what you think and what you want to hear. Last thing you do is thank my three co-hosts Scott Hodge. Thank you. Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. And Graham Currie. Cheers guys. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. <laughs>